The Youthscape Podcast. Hello, Rachel. Hello, <laughs> Martin. I think that was a deep intake of breath. I was waiting for what that was. Yes. Good morning, Martin. Hello. Uh, uh, welcome to the Youthscape Podcast. Thank you. I don't know if I, should, <laughs> I'll be, I don't normally welcome you to the Youthscape. Well, thank you. I'm I'm a guest today, obviously. I don't think so. No. Hello, Martin, and welcome to you as well. I told you I had a really good way of starting this one, and I've not delivered. <laughs> You've not delivered it. Well, let me tell you the what I was going to say. Friends. Okay. What I was going to say was this: I was going through my uh, drawers the other day. And I discovered a little card that had been lost. It's almost, you know, a historical artefact that had been lost for years and years and years. And it said on it, Billy Graham, 86, my decision. And inside, I was eight years old. It was a little card and you open it up and there was, I've decided to follow Jesus, age eight. And my name in there, and then the contact details of the person who prayed with me. Oh my goodness! At the goodness. front of Wembley Arena or whatever. My it was. goodness! And uh, and and she obviously in those days, if you prayed with an eight-year-old boy, you, you gave them your phone number. number. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? We'll just move on from that. That's but, quite a while ago. Anyway, so I yeah. actually discovered this for the first time about ten years ago, yeah. and I I couldn't help myself. I rang the number. Oh. I rang the number, and and Anne who was then, I think, probably in her 80s or something, still lived at that, oh, that, that number and, uh, and answered the phone and oh. didn't remember me at all. No. But was hugely encouraged. Yes. Was hugely encouraged that I'd gone on to follow That's Jesus. awesome. And you found nice. the card in your drawer. I Are we talking drawer. like your socks drawer? Exactly. Well, not in my socks drawer, in my uh, odds. Don't you have an odds, odds and ends yes, drawer? Yes, yeah. That just has well, like... I don't have memorabilia of becoming a Christian in it. Well, it's, that's it's... who I am. <laughs> I'm, it's all Christian subculture like, stuff. Yeah, yeah. DC Talk CDs, yes. uh, old, old Christian T-shirt, Donald Trump memorabilia, all <laughs> that stuff. <laughs> we were laughing, uh, beautiful listeners, on the way in about just the meeting of political minds. And if we were to compare Martin and I to two political leading characters, who would that be? But we didn't get any further than that, did we, Martin? Well, you say that. You actually we compared actually us did. to Trump and Putin. <laughs> And you didn't, you didn't uh, actually say who was Trump no, I, I and who was I just talked about two incredible egos and two people that want to always have the final say. Competing. Because now I'm sitting here going, oh, that's such a good story about becoming a Christian. And I, I can't remember a defining moment. So I don't yeah. have a little card in my drawer. But I do remember some key moments during my life. And I do, I do genuinely remember being invited forward at events or having opportunities. And I don't think any of them were the defining one that I was sort of... Not a Christian, then a Christian. But I do remember how important it was to get myself up out of my seat, mm. you know, feel the fear, do something physical about it, and, and it changed my life, definitely. Well, listeners to, to the podcast, regular listeners, will be like, hang on, Martin, you can't have, you can't have loads of different conversion stories because oh. you've already shared one. Yeah. So this is a different one. So, um, so the truth is, that card represents pr- pretty much what then happened because I, I got home, I folded the card up, I forgot Anne, oh. I forgot Jesus. Yeah. Um, and I put that in my probably in my odds and sods drawer. Yeah. And uh, are we allowed to say sods on the podcast? That's that's. Well, I've twice. done it now. Twice as well. Gentle yeah. listener, do get in touch if you're offended by the word sods. And <laughs> um, and so, <laughs> so, uh, so so I put it in my sock drawer. Yeah. And um and and forgot about it and then didn't then have any connection with Christianity until I was about fourteen. So what were you responding to? Do you remember what that was about? I mean, I was eight. You can't yeah. imagine what was. Inspector Gadget was on the telly then. I mean, mm. th- 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 this is a long time ago. Um, I, I think it was the excitement 
and uh, the height. My dad, who was with me, had been taken along by a friend. So I was literally just tagging along with my dad, who was being evangelised to. Oh, wow. So I was just there as a sort of observer. And my dad didn't respond. And and he suddenly turned around and I'd gone. I'd gone to the front of the Webley Arena, which when you've got an eight-year-old, I presume that's quite worrying. And that's that's significant that you did that yourself, even though your dad did it. Yeah. Because at eight, you're still kind of permission-seeking. That's incredible. Yeah. So yeah. It was, there was something genuine in yeah. that, isn't I, there? I still remember it. Yeah. And I, and I do I do remember there being a, a deep, not quite, you know, when you're young, you don't mm. quite understand what you're doing, but there was, a, there was definitely a reason why I was going up there. It wasn't just to join in with the fun bit at the front. Mm. And, uh, and yeah, and it was genuine. At the time, it was genuine. And then completely forgotten about for six years. But then... Uh, I did become a Christian and have, have then spent the rest of my life since then as a Christian. So so I'd be loath to say it didn't mean anything, it wasn't important, or that God wasn't involved. I just don't understand. Yeah, that's interesting. And I suppose there'll be some of our people, people listening to this sort of talking about John Westerhoff, so the stages of mm. faith development, the idea that you move from affiliative faith, that sense of you're kind of converted to the tribe, to it becoming owned faith and it has to go through a searching faith. So I suppose actually as, a, as youth workers, we're hugely committed to the entire journey, aren't yeah, we? Yeah. And there will be some young people who absolutely locate a date in a moment. But I think for me, it was just like I learned that the letter B follows A and the number 11 follows 10. Actually for me, finding faith was like that. There was a mm. sense of an unrolling of something that just made sense. Mm. On a, on a deep level and I went through stages of a huge doubt which is so important and still do and, uh, and lots of wrestles and asking and searching questions for it to become an owned faith so yeah. I think for me when it became an owned faith as a later teen I can probably put my finger on that moment in my life but before then I absolutely would have said I was following Jesus I just don't know how robust it was how resilient mm. it was so it's fascinating that we're discussing yes. this today because we we now know uh, we're both Christians so that's we quite are, helpful I'm currently a Christian <laughs> And, oh, <laughs> that will get complaints. <laughs> and uh, and so uh, and it's it's soul survivor season. It is. Oh, and uh, new day has happened. Yeah. Uh, HTV focus. And, and, and there was focus and all those sorts of things. And and, and and soul survivor is one of those places where lots of people respond to the big invite uh, invitation. Yeah. yeah. And so you yeah. have have done a very relevant interview, which you're going to introduce <laughs> I now. Have. With a lovely friend. She is a lovely friend called Grace Wheeler. Um, and what I find very exciting about Grace is that she, she is a national evangelist for Youth for Christ. Um, she drives the most incredible stonking car and then within seconds of getting out the car told me that she'd hired it. And I drive a car that's held together by gaffer tape. So that made me love her even more <laughs> that she didn't for a moment want me to believe that she drives this amazing stomping car all the time. I love that about her. Um, and she really loves young people. And she's, she's finding and she's found a, a brilliant way of engaging young people on platforms. So she is a you know, youth worker, works face-to-face with young people, um, a small group of young people who she disciples. But she also has a real um, ability to engage a much larger group of young people um, about thinking about faith for the first time. And I think this is where I get quite excited as a 41-year-old woman because sometimes I see that guys pick up that baton quite quickly yeah. and do it brilliantly, but I often see young women pick up the mm. baton saying, actually, I'm an evangelist and I stand on platforms as an evangelist. So I'm really excited about her and I love her heart. And we had a fantastic conversation. The Youthscape Podcast. 
So uh, I have got Grace Weaver with me. Hello, Grace. Hello. Welcome. And we're having a bit of a giggle because Grace, <laughs> I've put Grace, this is the psychology of the youthscape studio. <laughs> I've put Grace on a chair where her feet don't touch the ground. I know. <laughs> I feel about 10 again. She's about 10 years old. Oh, no, it's bad. Anyway, oh, it's Grace, you are so welcome. And you, you work for Youth for Christ. Yes. You have the nicest title ever. <laughs> you are Youth for Christ National Evangelist. Yes. Brilliant. What does that mean? What do you do? So, I spend half of my time travelling around the UK, speaking to young people in lots of different contexts, in churches, youth groups, community days, festivals, seminars, and then the other 50% of my time, I spend training young people to um, evangelise and to share their faith in their context, to own their faith, and understand and inspire them to make a difference for Jesus where they are. So in their schools, their communities, their worlds, their families, that God really wants to use them where they're at. So I'm imagining you in your little car. I know you've got a high car out. I have got a high car. What is your actual car? I've got a lovely car. I've got a BMW. A BMW. Yes. So great. Is it a black a wh- BMW? No, a white one. A white a BMW. White so you're in your white BMW <laughs> yes. and you're travelling around the UK mm-hmm. and you're going to churches, festivals, mm-hmm. all sorts of things. And, and, and you say you're speaking to young people. Is that yes. preaching? Is that evangelistic events? What's that? Yeah, it looks quite varied. I think... Generally speaking, when people book me, they book me to give an evangelistic message, to explain the gospel in a really relevant way, to communicate it effectively, and then give young people an opportunity at the end to respond, so to say yes to Jesus. I think it's a, an interesting time when we talk about commitment to Jesus at the moment with um, our young people, but I think that we definitely can't shy away from mm-hmm. it. Um, so... I often at the moment am giving young people an opportunity to say a big yes, um, or maybe a little yes, or maybe a maybe even. Just let's explore what this looks like. I'm just open to it. A little yes. I want to know more. I'm going to say yes to Jesus. I haven't got this figured out yet, but I definitely want to move. I want to take another step. I want to bridge that gap. I want to make another step in my in my faith. And then a big yes, yes, Jesus, I'm all in. So rather than almost a yes, no kind of model, almost changing that to make it a little bit broader That's and accessible. I'm just thinking people. about the youth work I've been doing for years as well. And, and each year taking young people away to a, a festival where you know there mm. will be the opportunity for response and for some young people it takes them a couple of years to get to the point where it is a a big yes and for others they've heard it for the first time and they don't quite know what it is but they just want to respond so I mean in in this you talk about this day and age and Mm -hmm. did you find that often in youth groups and in churches we are not inviting young people to make a response yeah I think I think so me personally um I think I have often seen youth workers and youth leaders um take along young people to the likes of bigger festivals in the summer knowing that there they will have an opportunity to say yes and in lots of ways that is part of my job helping young people um to move um onto the next stage of their faith and actually in a sense I look at it as working together with youth workers to do that Mm. and I do think there are moments like that that are really helpful however I also think there are moments um just in the day-to-day of youth work in the week in week out where there are moments sometimes that we might miss 
of just saying to a young person, are you ready to make that next step? Just one-on-one. And that's sometimes uncomfortable. And I definitely, for me, I I also do local youth work in my local area. And um, that's definitely a challenge for me, even as an evangelist. That's sometimes quite uncomfortable Mm. for me, especially one-on-one, almost opposed to the masses. Maybe for me anyway, I find that sometimes a little bit more comfortable in Mm. terms of from a stage point of view. But in terms of one-to-one within a youth work context or even in a youth group speaking to your young people, Mm. I definitely think um, it's important that we continue just to remind them, are you you ready for that next step? Whatever that looks like. Yeah, so that's the the relational evangelism, which is knowing a young person really well. And then the proclamation evangelism, either yes. yourself or someone else coming in yes. I mean I suppose the criticism has often been well if we bring someone in from outside and they do the big kind of all singing or dancing yes. and then and then they they give a sort of an impassioned response and, it's yeah. not, and then the other respond it's not real it's mm-hmm. just emotional it's just high it's high yeah. and, and, and interesting listening to you say actually you yourself do both it's mm-hmm. a relational and proclamation yeah, but course. what do you see as the role of do you, do you still see a role of someone coming from outside and, and bringing a fresh perspective what, what's the benefit of that would you yeah, I think there. I think there are lots of um, different benefits in terms of the evangelist. I do think that there is a, a clear call for certain people in terms of evangelism. I know J. John says we're all called to be witnesses. We're not all called to be lawyers to make a case for Jesus. And so I think there is a sense for um, me as an evangelist that I I want to make a case, a really good case for a young person to say yes to Jesus. And so I spend a lot of time on my communication and and so for um youth workers i think that's a really helpful tool actually but i think it's a partnership that it is for them they are doing the the foundation work and and maybe for a moment of me coming in or someone else coming in and giving that invitation and them either saying a, a maybe a little yes or a big yes for, for them, that is a critical time for youth workers to then um, see, see that response and say, okay, what is the next part of that mm, journey? In a sense, the discipleship is, it, yeah, is so, it's so key. But I do think there is, I do think it's important that we continue as, as proclamation evangelists to give opportunities for people to say yes, for that decision moment, for there to be an encounter. But for me, that is definitely a part of the journey. It's mm. not the destination. Mm. It's, it's definitely part of um, a journey of discipleship, mm. you know. And so I, I'm really uh, passionate about working together with the local church and not saying, here's a quick fix, here I am, to almost save the day. Here mm. I am as part of that journey. And if I can help your young people or people in your church or community to make another mm. step, then uh, and then I'd love to do Bring that. To a point of response, yeah. yeah. And, and I'd like to ask you a bit about what commitment looks like in mm. terms of uh, this generation. And when we, we yeah. often we sort of tar this this generation with lots of horrible, ugly brushes, and we say yeah. they they're more likely to be like this or like that. And mm. I, and and yet one thing I think often I find as a youth worker is is the nature of commitment. The mm-hmm. world has changed so rapidly, hasn't it? And and I think back to being 14, 15 16 and, and would I have looked radically different as a Christian mm. to a 14 year old I'm not sure necessarily mm. that different but I in my mind I kind of think maybe I was a little bit more yeah this is all for Jesus which means mm. rejecting 
yeah. other stuff I don't know and I, and I wonder yeah. if today young people because it's such a plethora of ideas and ideologies and we don't want to offend other people mm. and we, we don't want to impose it there's a sense of where, where does what does commitment look like for this generation of young people are you seeing young people who are struggling to know what commitment really looks like I think the short answer would be yes um, I think even over the last few years as, as I've been in youth ministry and, and I mean I haven't got bags and bags of experience in terms of length of time but um, even over the last five years I've seen a real shift in terms of commitment, in terms of giving that response element at the end and how young people are responding to that. I think there's um, many different reasons for that but one of them is this age of social media. If they have um, if they have somebody who's commented a friend says commented on a photo and said something that they didn't like the easy option is just to delete them as a friend or to unfollow them or um or maybe to make a quick remark back and then kind of uh and then leave the conversation but um but actually that that isn't what commitment is so when when they're looking at friendships and relationships they're not committed in the same way maybe we were kind of almost face to face a few years ago in our friendships because they're quite distant as it is from screen to screen Um, and so when they're coming to a place of responding to the gospel it's this sense of goodness this is my life this is forever that's what you're asking me not being able really to process that because they can't see that in their day-to-day lives Mm. um maybe displayed in in often the the correct way Mm. but I think there is definitely um a question around it that I want to explore rather than ignore you know of of actually what does it look like to be sold out for Jesus Mm. it doesn't look like um happily ever after because that's Disney that's Mm. fairy tale that's not reality and sometimes I think historically and this is a, a real stereotype but I think sometimes as evangelists we've we've been we've kind of created this idea that come follow Jesus and it'll be happily Mm. ever after and 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 almost use those moments of hype to really create Mm. an atmosphere where where um young people stick their hand in the air and they think that's the done deal but actually kind of processing that with them and and almost giving them um reasons why not to follow Jesus sometimes actually which I'm finding myself that I do more you know actually it is a risk actually you have to almost change direction you are saying no to, to the mm. world as such um, and, and looking at a, a different way and, and it will cost you but it, boy is it worth the cost mm. and boy is it worth that risk so um, yes commitment does look interesting but I like to explore what that looks mm. like with young people rather and than I, yeah and I, and I love that Grace I love the, the idea as well of unpacking with young people that um, who may never have had people being committed to them mm. totally that we're introducing right, yeah. them to an idea of a God who is committed totally. to them and that so that sense of someone being committed to you, let alone yes. your response of being committed yes. to them, is I don't have my hair done. Have my hair done, listeners. Oh. My hair done the other day, and I, and I was trying to. <laughs> <laughs> it's just plain, it's normal. No different. Um, but I was trying to my hairdresser, and I was name dropping Jesus and mm-hmm. just saying, "Oh, you know, I work with young people, and we often talk about faith, and we talk about the decisions that we make for life, and and would you ever consider?" you know, converting to a religion that, that was for life of being yes. a Christian. She said, oh, well, I never say forever. And yes. that, that phrase stuck in my mind. She was saying, I'm going to go to Australia, but I'm only going to go for a couple of years. I'm never going to say forever. And I'm going to do this, but I'm not yes. going to do it for very long. I'm never going to say forever. And there's such a fear that yes. saying forever somehow is closing your life down. Mm-hmm. I suppose 
what I hear you saying is somehow painting a picture where what if saying yes forever actually opens your life up more than ever before so um I'd love to hear some little top tips I haven't prepped you for this but um (laughs) so here I am listening to this I'm I'm a volunteer youth worker in my local church Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really loving what you're saying about giving my young people opportunities to say their next yes um for this year, yes, to following Jesus, the yes, whatever it takes. Um, and I'm hearing the challenge as well of, of having other voices coming into that mix, mm. saying to young people, look, there's more who are following Jesus. Yeah. What, what do we need to avoid, do you think? What, what, what are some of the pitfalls we might fall into if we're giving a, a proclamation evangelistic message? What are the things that maybe inadvertently we might do, you think, actually, that really doesn't connect with this generation, that really doesn't help them engage with who Jesus is? Yeah, I... Um... I think this sense that in this moment you have a yes or no decision uh-huh, to make. Okay, so it's the absolute Going back to yeah, that yeah. almost right at the start of this conversation. But that's one of the biggest things that I've learned over the last few years. Just a few months ago, I was speaking at an event and um, a girl came up to me afterwards and said, I've missed it. Mm. She said, you gave me the opportunity at the end to say yes to Jesus, but I didn't respond and I've missed it. And I thought hang on, I've missed it. Yeah. If that's what I'm communicating, I've missed it. Because no, you haven't. No, you haven't. And, and God, um, God isn't, isn't somebody who's going to um, judge you on that moment and that encounter and that decision of, of yes or no. He wants to journey what that looks like with you. And so almost, I think, a no-go is just making it seem as though it's either a yes or an absolute no I think for me the way I look at it is it's not getting somebody always from a one to a ten it's a two to a three or a five to a six and and actually for me I guess my cheesy little motto if you like is that I want to be um, a jigsaw piece puzzle, a jigsaw piece for Jesus and whatever that looks like if that's if that's the first piece laid or the last piece or the or one of the middle pieces I, I just want to say yes to Jesus wherever wherever that whatever part of that journey I'm going to connect with somebody um, just just use me in that mm-hmm. so I think as well going from the yes or no just understanding that it is a real journey it's a real journey of, of discipleship Jesus said come follow me come spend time yes. With when me, did come the journey with me become Christians, you know yeah, yeah exactly. what, a, what a question <laughs> yeah. you know, forever a forever question but I think that for me is really interesting another thing is that for me looking at the gospels Jesus really spoke to a crowd a handful of times addressed a crowd he addressed a person and had a conversation with a person and a crowd watched on but actually addressing the crowd was was actually fewer times and so for me that shows that Jesus is a relational God first and foremost there are moments of proclamation that is important but actually ongoing conversations relational conversations where people at like the woman at the well he knew where she was at and was ready to meet her at that particular place and I think just being ready as young as youth workers as people who work with young people just to journey and make sure that we are just meeting young people where they're at brilliant 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 now i know everybody okay. everybody it's wants okay. to get more grace so <laughs> tell us very quickly yes. how can we get hold of grace in her yeah. little white bmw <laughs> she flashes around the uk what's a good website for you then so um if you want to uh book me to speak or just find out more about what i do as part of yfc or anything that yfc is doing check out our website which is www.yfc.co.uk there are lots of things that you can click on there we have church resources um 
we have a prisons ministry called Reflex, we have a gap year called YFC1, and something that I run is called the Evangelism Academy for uh, 18s to 25s, young people who are passionate about evangelism, both proclamation, stage-led and relational one-on-one, and we journey with them through a year, we take them on three residentials, partner them up with mentors, and we have great training from communicators around the country, inspiring them Brilliant. to share their faith. Brilliant, great, thank you so much. And I used to look her on that chair. Yes, (laughs) just about. (laughs) Thanks. Youthscape Podcast. Martin, the whole time that I was chatting with Grace and listening to her, I was I was doing that wrestle in my brain, which I think so many of youth workers I speak to do, which is to- I totally love the stage invite. For goodness sake, mm. I, I do it. I stand on platform. You've made a few. I've made a few. And I have my own in my own life. And and yet I still am someone who, and I think lots of youth workers here say, mm, what is the role of it? Is it okay? So I want to ask you, what is that about? Because mm. so many youth workers I speak to have had on the whole, quite positive experiences themselves yeah. of, even if they go, it was a bit of a weird event, it was yeah, a strange yeah. invite, but actually what happened in me was massive. So most of us have a real positive link mm-hmm. with it. And yet in this day and age, we still kind of have a little bit, it's a little bit of an embarrassing thing almost yeah, to say, yeah. actually, I really love that. Yeah, well, so it what, feels it feels very uh, old school, doesn't it? That's it does feel In a way that's school, not yeah. cool and retro, but like p- part of the past that we're trying to move on from and be progressive against. The... Um, Interesting thing, as you say, is that almost all of us have some experience of the of a response. If we've grown platform. up through Christian community, it, it, yeah. if we've yeah. if we've done that, and if certainly for an evangelical movement, yeah, that's you true, know yeah. we 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 probably at some time or other gone up the front to respond. Um, and if I think of my youth group back home, uh, that the majority of them, if you ask the Christians where they came to faith, it'll be at Soul Survivor, which is where our mm. group tends to go uh, by responding at the front. Mm. And there will have been lots of. Uh, uh, you know, fallbacks from that, and and times when they've they've thrown it all away again, and then come back to it, and maybe actually made a really uh, life changing commitment in a one to one conversation. But actually, those platform moments are important. So why, so why are they? Why we feel a bit icky about them? I think part of it is because we feel this um, slight sense of unease about the platform itself. Mm. So we know about the. Um, I mean, I have talked about this in the past. Mm. Some people will know that. Um, there's this um, lure of the platform mm. itself and the uh, and, and being on the stage mm. and being that person up the front. And, and what's, what I found interesting in the last few years talking to people about this is many, there's many, many people who have a story which involves them being that person on the platform and their heart not being right at the time. Uh, okay. So I heard lots of stories from people who said, oh, yeah, I used to do the big evangelist mm. thing up the front. And actually, do you know what? I loved it too much and it was about me building my profile and my brand and all that stuff. And so, so that adds to this sense, <coughs> sorry. So that adds to this sense that there's something about a bit dysfunctional, a bit not quite right about the platform. And yet, you have to hold that intention with the fact that God seems to use those moments and those places in the big, the big tent revival meetings mm. seem to be the point where God often moves in the lives of, of young people and and he seems to use hype and hysteria, mm. even though we're really uncomfortable with hype and hysteria. So it's really messy. Mm. Um, but I think we feel uncomfortable about it because because ultimately it just feels a bit it feels a bit compromised from a human perspective. And yet God 
sort of reaches into that compromise. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I mean, I've been a youth worker for 20 years and feel that most summers, most events, God takes me on quite a journey of um, identifying when I'm actually getting in the way of, mm. of him meeting young mm. people. I think sometimes my fears or concerns, are not, they're not fears, more my sense of, well, this young person is so vulnerable and mm. this is such an overwhelming emotional space. And, and actually, if they respond, I almost then begin to interpret mm. what's happening. And, I, and that's a poor, you know, actually, that's yeah. not my job. Yeah. I don't want to get in the way of this young person encountering God. I believe God is incredibly good news for all young people. And there's lots about that environment that we can, as youth workers, safely get involved with if we see a kind of an emotionalism yes and there have been young people that i've said let's let's go outside and just calm down for a little bit i think those sorts of moments where you're saying actually this is not the most helpful way for this young person to meet jesus but i think actually you're absolutely right let's embrace the opportunities that our young people have in this culture today to say i'm prepared to say yes i don't know quite Mm. what this is and so that was my one question really with what grace was saying about the small yes and the big yes i think every yes is a big yes i think even if the way we're inviting young people isn't I, you know, either or. But I think actually every time a young person says yes, it's, it is massive for them, isn't it? Yeah. So I suppose my, my little bugbear, so you've shared very helpfully your bugbear. Thank you, Martin. And we affirm you and we love you. Oh, you're not on the stage now. Oh, okay, fine. Go and get me a coffee. Right. Um, but no, I think my little bugbear is one thing that I've noticed is that bringing young people to a summer festival or any kind of moment to make a decision, the first time it ever happens, it's all so new and so engaging that it's like these young people are like tripping for a whole week and it's mm, incredible mm, actually, it's amazing. Mm, mm. But I find that in the second time, the, the, the next year tends to be a real downer for them. And mm. I've been doing this long enough to kind of see a pattern with that. Mm, mm. I wonder what you think that is because I've... I've got some theories. But I wonder what you think, Martin, and we'll see if your theories back up my theories. Well, they won't connect because my theories, it's like the difficult second album. Okay. I think you you can never quite go back there again. You Ah, have an amazing experience and you can never go... So if you're a band and you release this amazing breakthrough album, Mm. they always say the second album is the hardest Ah. because you've got to recreate that incredible buzz. And And I think... That's the same thing. I think you've got this thing in your head of, oh, it was amazing what happened last time and it felt fresh and magical and incredible and spontaneous and new. And I didn't know what was coming. Yes. So it all felt, it's like uh, I recently went to uh, Disneyland Paris and I went on one of the roller coasters twice. And the second time I went on the roller coaster, it was rubbish because I knew what was coming and I wasn't thrilled and I wasn't excited anymore and I think it's a bit of that. You're such a fun dad, aren't you? I, I didn't take the kids. I did not. I just went, oh, Martin. <laughs> no, I did, did I did, take, I did take the kids. I did. He's a very good dad. That's a very good point and our role as youth workers, I think, is is then in that space, a second year or when the, the reality of discipleship kicks in is to be... Um, be really present with young people in that, isn't it? And one of the things that we do with our youth group is we sort of prepare them for year two, not in a kind of, just to let you know, it's going to be awful, but actually this is going to be slightly different. You're going to engage differently and take them to seminars, make sure that you're exposing young people to a whole range of different ways of of hearing about Jesus. That's so key, isn't it? Mm. If only there was a discipleship resource that could equip young people throughout the year, because that that is the key. And there is, of course... Local church, Bible, prayer, people, but also something quite nifty. I'm glad you mentioned that this, Rachel. Go into their Just hands. coincidentally. Ah, yeah. Um, set, I'm setting him up. Yeah, no, so, we, so we've been developing something at Youthscape, yeah. which um, we're releasing this summer. Releasing. Uh, so it'll, it'll be on the Youthscape store right now, actually. It, it's now online. And, uh, and it's called Shuffle. And we developed it very much responding to the question of what do you do with a young person who's made that commitment in the big tent? Yeah. And then, and then suddenly, 
unfortunately often goes into sort of free fall afterwards because doesn't know how to relate that to normal life once they get back. How do and, I live as a Christian? And, and can I just butt in there as well and say that is absolutely okay that a young person goes into oh, yeah. free isn't it? Because yeah. actually, and I think part of the problem is sometimes we're like, but they made a decision, but now yeah. they're all over yeah, the place. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, that is going to happen. Yeah, when you've made a massive life to change decision, you, you're not prepared for it. You don't know what you're going to do next. So it's really important as you well, feel we, feel we don't freak out in that space. We feel a bit down <laughs> yeah. when we come off five days at a festival. You know, I as enjoy adults. my bed for a few days. Yeah, yeah, you do enjoy your bed. But you yeah. come back and you're like, oh, I miss yeah. doing I miss those that. huge worship yes. meetings yeah, every night. Absolutely. Of course. So we've created this resource called Shuffle. It's a game. It's sort of like Selwyn Hughes' Every Day with Jesus, remixed for the... You're looking at me like, don't sell it like that. <laughs> don't sell it like that. What? No, it is. I love it's, Selwyn it's Hughes. Selwyn Hughes. Uh, remixed for the next generation. Okay. So uh, so it's, it's like a 21st century Selwyn. And it's um, some people listening to this will be like, I don't even know who Selwyn Hughes is. That's how old <laughs> That's you are. So, uh, so it's a, it's like um, a devotional, but but kind of chopped up into little bits and turned into a game. Mm. And so, um, you get a pack of this uh, these cards, uh, and over the course of the next forty four days after you start playing the game, you uh, you challenge yourself to do one of these cards every day, and they include a uh, a Bible, a little Bible passage, uh, a prayer, but most importantly, an activity that you need to do that day that will just help you to live and experience the Christian life. Just by practicing these mm, things over the course of... the stuff, you, yes. you just, over the course of, of uh, uh, 44 days, yeah. you, um, uh, you do all these different Christian practices. It's all based on research about what makes um, uh, Christian disciples grow in the first place. And so, uh, so hopefully it's quite well thought through. It's the second version. So we tried it last summer. Uh, and we've created a whole ah, second... Ah, so people got it last summer it. for a nifty three quid, was yes, it? Yes, that's right. We were pretty much giving it away last year, yeah, weren't we? Yeah, but we've created a second ah, edition. So it's worth getting hold. And so you it's... can go to youthscape.co.uk forward slash store... Yes. Or go to maybe the marketplace if you're Stand at. Stand at Soul Survivor. Yeah, fantastic. Right. Find out. Um, and uh, so the trick... Anyway, the, 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 little, the little twist is... If you uh, you work your way through this pack of cards, but if you find one, you come across one of a morning, and you think I'm not ready to do this yet because it's asking me to go and pray for three people in the street or something, uh, then uh, I you can shuffle, you can shuffle, you can put it back in the pack and do a different one and shuffle it. So, uh, so the idea is you do it at your own speed, but over the course of those six weeks, yeah. uh, you start to build up a bit of confidence and a bit of experience, Brilliant. and hopefully you root yourself in Christian practice. Brilliant. And, and do you recommend that youth workers do this with young people or is this a very much a solo gig? There's, or lots, is it of, groups there's, of young there's lots of different ways to do it yeah. and there's a little leaflet in there that explains how you, um, uh, how you do that, which was created by producer Rachel, who's oh, sitting to my left, she's actually. She's uh, amazing. And, uh, and that is, uh, so, so there's a few ways of doing it. You do it on your own, uh, you do it in pairs, you might do it as a youth group, um, but whichever way you're doing it, it's, there's actually a card in there to give to your youth leader to say, I'm doing this. Mm. Um, please, will you support me through it and ask me how I'm doing? So, if you get one of those cards this summer, and I hope everybody listening to this will get at least one of those cards given to them, please do pray for the, the mm. young person and support them. Because I think, you know, we've tested this out, we've, it does work. So, um, we'd love to see a lot of young people who might have had that big free fall actually this summer not experience that and be able to go into it next summer yeah you know bring their friends deeper deeper relationship and looking yes. for a, a, yeah. something deeper so so that's so what important that's absolutely right isn't it embedding young people in this brilliant new discipleship it's phenomenal isn't it following jesus but it, we need to be equipping young people every step of the way with helping that happen so brilliant resource fantastic well martin yes 
Um, your legs are out. You're wearing shorts. Wow. And I have to say that you have the whitest legs in history. I do. Yes. They are absolutely phenomenal. You're wearing white trainers. And good job you've got um, black socks between them because I wouldn't be able to tell where your, where your foot begins and your leg ends. Or your yeah. leg ends and your foot begins. All right. Well, thanks for that. But on that note, because we, we just like to like dance around, <laughs> listeners. We like, you know, all this matters to Jesus. Yeah. There ain't a single part of the world that Jesus doesn't say are my name. So we legs? can talk about that. Or are we so going to talk could, about the game? We're going to talk about the game. That was my segue into oh, game. Oh, great. Okay. Why? It's not really, is it? So we've got a word challenge, and, and it says on the little bit of paper that tells us what we need to be talking about. It says, this is word, you. We didn't words, have the piece no, of paper No, we didn't. Before. It says, we didn't have a microphone for ages. It says, word challenge, Matt. And I was like, <laughs> do you know what my thought was? Oh, producer Rachel, you just told us what the word is. <laughs> oh, oh, it's them boys' name. Have you been trying to right. work out what, what <laughs> Matt, what <laughs> Matt means? slang be. Brilliant. So anyway, so if you are new to podcast world, welcome. Um, if you've been listening to us for a while, sorry. Um, but uh, we have a little challenge every week where one of our youth workers has a chat with one of our local young people and says, look, give me a word that makes sense in youth culture, but that Martin and Rachel might not understand what it means. And generally, listeners, I have been winning, but recently I've been on a bit of a downward spiral. Yeah, you have. So it's really important that we uh, that the women bring it back in. So here we go. Why do you make that about gender? Uh, because it is all about gender. I've got my sisters listening. So uh, <laughs> here we go. Word. 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 Trapping. Today's word is trapping. I think one thing we've learned <laughs> is that <laughs> the words don't mean what we think they mean. Yes. I tend to, listeners, give an explanation of the word. I'm not going to do that. Do you, do you not know what it is? No, I don't. I mean, oh, trapping. Oh, okay. What? I, I know. I think it's about all the additional things, trimmings and trappings. So I think it's about what, extra the sort of Shakespearean stuff. sense of trappings, <laughs> the trappings of this world. When young people put their doublets on in the morning, <laughs> <laughs> and they don their feathered cap, and they say, "Mama, trimmings and trappings." So I think it's going extra. I don't. I, don't, I can't give a concept. Um, okay. I can't. I can't. All right, I, let I me let me tell yeah. you. I think I know what this is. Oh no! I think this is when you uh, you 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 land a uh, a new girlfriend or boyfriend. You land you, a you, new you, girlfriend. You, you, it's a, you catch them. In oh. fact, you trap them. You trap so, them. So in a hedge? No, no, no. You. You, you, you know, as in I've, I've, yes. I don't know what the actual word for this is, but you recruit a new girlfriend. <laughs> it's so long since I recruited a girlfriend <laughs> that I can't remember what the actual phrase is. Or how you go about Pulled. doing it. Pulled. Pulled. That's what it was. <laughs> Pulled. So, uh, so it's pulling. That's what it is. Trapping is pulling. Trapping is pulling. So we either have got a Shakespearean thing or we've got some dodgy, like, weird... Recruitment. Recruitment of a romantic partner going on. What is it? So the word trapping means drug dealing. That guy's been trapping all day today. Oh. Oh, right. So if Matt ever says to one of us, you've got to come and get involved with this young person trapping, I'll be like, great, they're getting extras, lovely. (laughs) (laughs) And you'd be thinking that, oh my God. I'd have sent you in to deal with a Romance Academy situation. I don't know, I don't know. Where were you, workers, Martin? The problem with this little game is that we end this lovely podcast with you and I both going, why are we youth workers? We don't really understand. Well, the important point there, Rachel, is that youth work, young people aren't looking for youth workers who know how to speak their language. They're looking for authentic... Young people who will. It was written on a bit of paper. That's what just said. No, it's not <laughs> written on a bit of paper. That came from the heart. Oh, I know. Beautiful. Fine, let's finish it now. <laughs> I'm done. We love you guys. Tune in next week. Bye.
Youscape podcast is free and it always will be free, but you can support us by going to patreon.com forward slash youthscape. Um, if you've been listening to us for a while, sorry.